Good morning. My name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is September the 2nd, and um, <clears throat> we are continuing to work our way through the book of Acts together. Acts chapter number 17. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Acts chapter number 17, and we're going to pick up in verse number 22 today. Acts chapter 17, verse number 22 today. Um, remember that uh, there are plenty of resources available. I still continue to place the sessions, which are the ones we do on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. I continue to place those onto the blog, uh, directionalministries.blogspot.com or duanespearman.org will take you there. And then also remember that the audio studies <clears throat> are posted there from SoundCloud. Uh, as well as the video studies, which are from um, YouTube. And then also, uh, just started doing live um, YouTube. So we're doing live YouTube and Facebook each morning. So I um, encourage you to join us there if, if, if that's more convenient for you. And uh, eventually I'm going to pick back up in the book of Daniel. We finished off at session number nine. But we'll eventually get back there. So, But for uh, today, uh, our focus is the book of Acts. And um, <clears throat> last time we were together, we did verses 18, and we got down to where Paul begins uh, his address um, to, their, to the uh, folks at Mars Hill. And notice he says in verse number 22, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men, um, of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Um, remember, we talked about that word superstitious there. Um, in, in the Greek, um, you see the word demon there. Uh, it's a compound word meaning to uh, be afraid of demons or to be fearful of demons. So he says, I perceive that you are fearful of demons. Uh, today we would interpret it to mean a reverence for the supernatural. Um, so Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive in all things that you are too superstitious. For as I passed by, I beheld your devotions, and I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you. So as such, because they were so superstitious, they even worshipped at the altar of the unknown God in apparent ignorance. Because um, he says, uh, whom therefore ye ignorantly, that's the word agneo, which is where we get the word ignorance. So he's saying, um, just to be safe, <laughs> You're, you're even worshiping, on top of all the other gods that you're worshiping, <coughs> you're worshiping one that is designated as the unknown. Um, he is basically saying, you obviously acknowledge that you do not know all the gods, so that's why you have this altar to an unknown one. So I'm going to tell you about the one you apparently don't know. And then notice in verse number 24, God 
that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Now, interestingly, we are going to see <laughs> that Paul is not very seeker-sensitive, uh, nor did he uh, try to win friends and influence people as he spoke to these Epicureans, these Stoics, these philosophers of Athens. And the first point that he makes is, God made the world and all things therein. Now, if you remember who he is talking to, uh, he's talking to these philosophers, Epicureans, and Stoics. They were both offended by this statement right out the bat. Um, this offended the Stoics because they were pantheistic, and yet he is declaring um, monotheism. He is declaring that there's one God that made it all. So that's getting the Stoics. Um, this also offended the Epicureans, who did believe in a deity. They were deists, but they believed that he was distant. He kept man at an arm's length. He wasn't personally involved in the affairs of man. So he offended both of them, and then he offended the entire town, the entire city of Athens, when he says God doesn't dwell in a temple made with hands, because the entire city was made up of temples, the entire economy thrived around temples that had gods in them, but he's saying this God doesn't dwell in temples with hands. Um, Paul is saying that this is the unknown God uh, that you ignorantly worship. And then notice he says in verse 26, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. The, um, the second point that Paul makes is that this God, this unknown God that you worship, is intimately involved in the affairs of men. Uh, again, offensive to both, both the Epicureans and the Stoics. And Paul declares that God, this God, made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Now, that word blood is a reference to Adam uh, when he says he has made of one blood all nations. Uh, that one blood is a reference to Adam and all the men that came from Adam. Um, again, I, I guess poor Paul wasn't educated enough to understand the science of evolution or the Christianized version of theistic evolution. The Bible doesn't teach that. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he said, I believe everything in the Bible, but 
that there was one man in a garden who ate an apple. Uh, he really struggles with that. You know, and I began talking to him, and I said, you know, I mean, we, we say we believe that there's this God, this infinite being who created everything with the Word, and yet we struggle with him creating a man. Uh, placing him in the garden, giving him a choice, and that choice ultimately involved a fruit. Uh, why is that? And he began to shake his head, and he understood what I was saying. And then also, I I gave him um, an answer that I've I've studied before. Uh, there had to have been two human beings at the same time, at the same place in the evolutionary cycle. Uh, for them to reproduce. Um, it couldn't have been just one. The one would have been incapable of spawning offspring. And, you know, he shook his head. And I just said, I just encourage, you know, the just shall live by faith. I don't understand everything in the Bible. I don't understand electricity, but I'm not going to sit around in the dark until I do. Uh, that's where faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um so he says here that he made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the earth. Um, and by the way, there is only one race on the earth, and they're called men. Um, you know, uh, we are the race of men. And if you study all of that and where all that came from, um, it's very secular. It's very, it goes back to eugenics and... Um, you know, there's only one race of men, and all of us are of one blood, and we go back to that one man whose name was Adam. All of us do. And then from Adam, you know, came his children, and from his children came Noah, and then from Noah came his sons. You know, we're all one race of men. We, we come from one blood. Now, the other translations omit the word blood, um, but... It, it's it's the same thing. Um, notice he says, has made of one blood all nations. Um, right there, made of one blood. The, the New American Standard says, and hath made from one every nation of mankind. Referring again to Adam. Um, from one man he made every nation of men. So we don't lose any in the meaning there, but... Only the King James puts the word blood there, a reference to Adam. And then notice, God has also determined that the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So speaking of these men who came from Adam, he has determined their times appointed and the bounds of their habitation. This literally means that God is sovereign over man and his boundaries. The word there where it talks about uh, boundaries, the bounds of their habitation uh, in verse 26 um, is actually speaks of limit placing or a boundary line. In other, in other words, God has predetermined um, their habitations, uh, he has predetermined their shelf life, <laughs> not only man, but also his habitations. 
And of course, one need only read the ninth chapter of Daniel to see that God has indeed, even empires, God has determined uh, their shelf life. He has placed the limit on them. He has given them a boundary. And he goes on to say that God has done these things. Why? So that the nations of men will seek him if happily they might feel after him and find him because he is not far from every one of us. So he goes on to be culturally relevant here uh, by quoting one of their own prophets whom he says, for in him we live and move and have our being. I went off on a tangent the other day studying this. Um, it was actually a pretty popular prose um, that was penned by a Greek by the name of Eratus. Uh, he lived from 315 to 240 BC. Um, and one of the pieces that he wrote was called Phenomena. Um, which was a prose that described uh, the constellations. Uh, interestingly, uh, and I found this interesting, he was actually uh, said to be from Tar Tarsus, the area of Tarsus in Cilicia, which is where Paul was from, and that might explain why Paul was so familiar uh, with his work. Um he, uh, one of the lines of the prose phenomena says, Let us begin with God, whom we mortals never leave unspoken. For every street and every marketplace is full of God. Even the sea and the harbor are full of his deity. Everywhere, everyone is indebted to God for we are indeed his offspring. So that is what Paul is quoting there. Um, again, he's reaching into the culture, uh, reaching into someone that he apparently knew, um, or at least his work. He was long dead before Paul came along. Um, and he, he quoted from it, uh, because apparently Eratos, Eratos was speaking of this He's comparing it to this unknown God um, that's everywhere, that's in every street, that's in every marketplace, that's in the sea, that's in the harbor. He's everyone, everywhere, and everyone is indebted to God, even though Eratus probably didn't know what he was talking about in regards to who this God was. Uh, but he says, for we all are indeed his offspring. Um, and then he says in verse 29, for as much then as we are the offspring of God. Now, of course, Paul is talking about Jehovah God. Uh, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like silver or stone or graven or graven by art of men's device. Now, what he's saying there is that, in other words, since we all come from one blood from this man, Adam, we should not uh, try to find God in that we are the offspring of God. Um, we shouldn't try to find God through idolatry. 
And that's what he's accusing the Athenians of being as idolatrous in that they are making gods of gold and silver and stone engraven by art and man's device. So he's saying, um, again, we, we shouldn't try to find this God through the worship of idols. Um, again, not being very uh, delicate <laughs> in regards to their obvious idolatry. And then he goes on to say, and the times of this ignorance God winked at. Um, again, he's speaking of how man has been idolatrous uh, in their ignorance, and he now commands all men everywhere to repent of this idolatry. Um, and then he goes on to point out uh, from the context here, he's speaking to Gentiles. Um, for the Jews knew this um, because God had been dealing with them for thousands of years in time past. But now, but now, and I can't help but notice that because he says here, um, but now, that's in verse 30. Notice he says, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now. But now, so he's dealing with Gentiles. Paul is teaching Gentiles here. But now he's commanding all men, Jew and Gentile, everywhere to repent. Um, this speaks of the new dispensation uh, that Paul is talking about. And he's saying God has winked at all the idolatry from your past. But now... He's commanding you to repent. Now that you've, you know who this unknown God is, he wants you to repent. Um, now, the, repent, the, mean, the meaning of repent is to change your way of thinking, to turn from your idols to what? He started it out. To the Lord of heaven and earth. So now that I've told you about this unknown God, you need to turn away from your idols. Why? Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world by that man whom he hath ordained. And of course, he's bringing Jesus into it now. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. So tomorrow we'll get into verse number 32 and the rest of the chapter. So but anyway, just a neat little portion of Scripture there as Paul is uh, in Athens talking to them about their worshiping ignorantly, this unknown God, which, you know, Paul says he's the one that made the heavens and the earth. <laughs> uh, he's the one you need to be worshiping. And from him came um, Jesus Christ. From him came um, the man that he hath ordained. Uh, whereof he hath even given assurance unto us, how? By raising him from the dead. So, all right, guys, uh, that's our study for today. Let's see. Uh, uh, God bless you, Lori and Otis and Scott made a comment yesterday, today. The feed would buffer every couple of minutes. I thought it was my soul. Does not, does it? Well, I don't know. I've been live, uh, Scott, I've been going live too on Facebook. Not Facebook, but uh, 
YouTube yesterday and today. So maybe that is the problem. And I've also seen a lag uh, between what I'm actually looking at on my screen live and um, how far behind um, the actual recording is. Uh, so I'll, I'll take a look at that. Uh, good morning, Mac. God bless you, my brother. I hope that you're doing well. So um, I'll take a look at that. I don't have to record live on uh, YouTube. It just saves me the uh, the time of having to download it off of uh, Facebook and then upload it to YouTube. But if the lag's that bad, we'll just stop doing it. So, all right, uh, three more verses, and we'll be out of chapter 17 and into chapter 18. God bless you guys. Have a great day.